Welcome to the Beltline Church of Christ podcast. We're so glad you found us. Please take a second and hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified of these weekly podcasts. Most of all, we hope this podcast will help you take your next step with Jesus. If you want to know more about us, you can visit us at www.beltlinechurchofchrist.org. Here's today's lesson. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some hidden things, specifically hidden spiritual treasure. Hidden spiritual treasure. And we're pretty much going to be in, in verse uh, 44 of Matthew chapter 13. That's pretty much where we're going to be. One verse for a whole sermon, I know. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do our best. So we're going to look at a few others, but just to consider uh, the truth that Jesus is expressing in this chapter. Uh, Steve encouraged me, he said, hey, just go with whatever you'd like for from, from, from uh, Matthew 13. And so I picked one verse, and that's what we're going to really center our thoughts on today. And I hope that it's encouraging and helpful to you as we consider the words of Jesus here. It starts off in verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid that treasure again, and he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. But when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. We know a little bit uh, about hiding things, don't we? Uh, most of us probably have a Wi-Fi password that protects our Wi-Fi at home. And, and uh, some people give them creative uh, words. I looked up a few uh, uh, creative ideas for Wi-Fi passwords. If one of yours is included in this, don't you know, raise your hand or shout or anything because then everybody will know your password. But, but these are some of the uh, Wi-Fi networks that, that we use to protect our sensitive information. Uh, drop it like it's hotspot. That's, that's one. Uh, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's Wi-Fi. That was one in, in our old neighborhood. Uh, Abraham Linksis. <clears throat> also, Silence of the Land. <clears throat> I liked this one, Nacho li- Wi-Fi. <laughs> I, I believe Y can fly. Fi. I thought that was a pretty good one. Uh, this maybe is my favorite, New England Clam Router. <clears throat> Slower than your mama. Land of milk and honey, how appropriate. And uh, another good one, hide your kids, hide your Wi-Fi. <laughs> so we have these uh, names for our Wi-Fi. We, 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 uh, we use these things, you know, they, they protect sensitive information, do they not? We know that, that we have things in our, our, our web service on our network that maybe we would rather uh, everyone in the world not have access to. And so we, we come up with our uh, Wi-Fi names, our passwords, and keep those things hidden. In this very short passage, uh, we're going to talk about some hidden things, these hidden treasures. Uh, one of them was there in the ground, and, and the man who happened to be digging there, he found the treasure. Of course, he, he buries it again and goes and sells everything he has so that he can buy the field. Now, obviously, the guy who he's buying this field from doesn't know about the treasure, does he? <laughs> Surely he would, have, he would have expected a whole lot more or, or never would have sold the field had he known there was a treasure there. And, and, and maybe you think, well, why would someone have a treasure in a field? You've got to remember, back in these days, uh, Palestine is, is one of the, the areas that has been fought over so many times and taken over by so many different uh, groups of people. And, and certainly there was no uh, bank at that time. Most people would just kept whatever treasure they had at home. But knowing a marauding army is coming, uh, someone obviously, people would hide treasure in fields. 
and uh, bury it. Many times those people would not survive the attack. And, and so there's treasure in this field, and this person finds it. He finds this treasure. He was, he was out there, and he found a treasure that he didn't expect to find. Now, the, the other person that we read about with the pearl, he was uh, deliberately searching, was he not? He was looking for pearls, uh, but then he found one that was special. Now, the person he buys th- this treasure from, they obviously know what it's worth. And it, and it takes everything he has to be able to afford that pearl. Everything. And that's what we're going to talk about. Hidden spiritual treasure. <clears throat> so... Uh, When we think about hidden spiritual treasure, really just two ideas that I'd like for us to take home with us. First, spiritual treasure is always hidden in unexpected places. It's always hidden in unexpected places. Jesus hides spiritual treasure in ordinary people. He hides spiritual treasure in ordinary people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26, we read, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that, if, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless in order to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, And he used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has a tendency, because of the world's superficial and external ways of judging value, because those ways are are so utterly wrong, God has a tendency to choose people, to work with people and through people who don't necessarily appear to be heroic. You think about those disciples who followed Jesus, especially those 12. As you go through the Gospels and read the questions that they have for Jesus, and you read so many times Jesus having to correct them, they they come across as as slow, don't they? They don't seem to get it. And and really, when we look back with with the advantage of, of hindsight, with the advantage of the completed story, we see so much more than they were able to understand as they were living in that moment. Ordinary people. People. Yeah, I think we're too obsessed sometimes with surfaces, too preoccupied with the superficial, too, too, uh, uh, care too much about the things that the world values than the things that God values. And they're, they're vastly different. Remember in 1 Samuel 16, as Samuel's looking for the, the next king whom he's been sent by God to anoint, and he sees one of David's older brothers, and he thinks, oh, this is definitely the guy. He, he's tall. He looks like a king. He, he's got to be the one that I'm here to anoint, right? But the Lord said, don't judge by his appearance or height. I have rejected this one. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He says it's a very different thing to to consider how God chooses and how we choose. But Christians, have we become so obsessed with appearance? Have we become so obsessed with financial status that when looking for a husband or a wife, we pass so many ordinary looking fields which are Deep, rich, amazing treasures are hidden in? Are we passing by people who we don't even notice who, 
who are precious in the sight of God, who have a, a treasure in them that would change us in wonderful ways. In 1 Peter 3, in verse 3, it says, Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles and expensive jewelry or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, an unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. We think of gold, jewelry. We think of, of the way someone looks is so precious, and God says it's, it's nothing. It doesn't matter. What really matters to him is that, that inward beauty, that inward beauty of, of the fruit of the Spirit, which is what we've been studying at camp this week, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things that God wants to see growing in our lives and, and coming out of our lives to show others the deep love that he has for us. <clears throat> if you come to church and you look around and, and see unimpressive figures, or maybe you hear some singing off-key or notice some odd clothes. The fact that these folks don't seem cool in your understanding of it. You've only been noticing the surface, and, and here you are concluding that you'd rather not be associated with these people. I want to encourage you to dig deeper. I want to encourage you to, to look around and recognize that there are some deep spiritual treasures hidden in ordinary people in these pews, in this family. And, and what makes this family so great is that they're willing to share those treasures with you. They're willing to share their treasures with each of us. And it builds up this body of Christ. It's what makes Beltline this wonderful church family. Because we recognize how precious, how truly worthy each individual really is. Each one of you is so important to the mission of this church and the people who you influence are so precious. And God is going to use you as you walk out of this building today and as you start another week to love people and to have mercy on people and to share that kindness that you've been given from him that you might now share it with others. I want to encourage you to dig deeper if you don't see what you're looking for here. Because God... He puts his spiritual treasure in unexpected places. There's a great uh, illustration by C.S. Lewis in his book, The Great Divorce. And in this part of the story, the narrator has a vision of heaven. He's with a guide in heaven, and, and he sees a large parade coming their way. It says, first came bright lights. Uh, there were those dancing, and, and they were scattering flowers on the left and on the right. Each side of this forest avenue came youthful shapes, boys on the one hand and girls on the other. He says, if I could remember their singing and write down the notes, no man who read that score would ever grow sick or old. Between them went musicians, and after these, a lady in whose honor all this was being done. Only partly do I remember the unbearable beauty of her face. I looked at my guide, and I, I said, is it, is it? Not at all, he said. In fact, is someone... You've never heard of. Her name on earth was Sarah Smith, and she lived at Golders Green. Uh, a nobody. Golders Green, a little place that nobody really ever passed through. She seems to be, well, a person of particular importance. Oh, yes. You've heard that fame in this country and fame on earth are two quite different things. 
And I asked, who are all these young men and all these women on each side? They are her sons and daughters. Oh, she must have had a very large family then, sir. Every young man or boy that met her became her son, even if it was only the boy that brought the milk to her back door. And every girl that met her became her daughter. And I asked, isn't that a little bit hard on their own parents? No, he said. You see, there are those that steal other people's children, but her love was of a different kind. Those on whom it fell went back to their natural parents, loving them even more. There's already enough joy in her little finger to awaken all the dead things of the universe into life. There are deep spiritual treasures in ordinary people sitting in the pews all around you. Precious souls who when they arrive at the pearly gates, there's going to be parades. There's going to be so many who are, who are coming with them because they taught them the gospel, because they touched their lives, they influenced them for Christ. Don't you want to have such a parade in your honor? Don't you want to have those who come with you into the wonderful place of God? Keep on keeping on. Keep on finding that spiritual treasure that Jesus has hidden in ordinary people. You know, he also hides his spiritual treasure in an ordinary message. In an ordinary message. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. It's just an, an ordinary message. It's a, it's a message, it's a, it's a story told, it's a, it's a message preached, it's an invitation given. It's words, powerful words that carry with them an immense truth, a deep spiritual treasure, words that are so important, and, and yet some who hear it, they think it's, it's, it's just nonsense. When you put your faith in those words, and when those words produce faith in your heart, it's an amazing, wonderful treasure. So many don't believe that an inaccessible treasure could be found so easy. And yet, here it is. And the gospel, it's so simple. It's not easy. It's, it is really simple to understand, though. In Romans 5 and verse 8, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Jesus has come to this world to deliver us from our sins, to take our place on the cross, and to give us his place of honor and glory. He's offering it to you. He, he, he did it by means of his death, burial, and his resurrection, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This wonderful message that will free you because Jesus paid it all. And he exchanges with you this wonderful spiritual treasure. In 1 John chapter 2, and verse 1, it says, My dear ch children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only ours, but the sins of the whole world. This is good news. This is good news that needs to be told. This is good needs, news that, that everyone needs the gospel, it's intriguing. Not only is it intriguing to us uh, who need hope, who, who search for truth, it's intriguing to the angels in heaven. You ever notice that? There in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, it says that these are so wonderful, these things are so wonderful, even the angels long to see 
Some versions say, are eagerly watching these things. Or, or, or maybe it translates, uh, the angels desire to look into these things. Think about this. With the angels, with their lifespan, with all that they've seen, with all that they've experienced, this is what intrigues them. This message that seems foolish to some people, this message, these angels, they, they want to look into it even deeper. They're watching your life and my life. They, they want to see how it actually works, how it actually makes a difference in your life. And the angels aren't the only ones who should be intrigued by this message. Anyone that you come in contact with should be intrigued by your obsession with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So much so that you order your life around it. That you, you live your life in such a way that honors this great and wonderful Savior who gave himself for you. It might seem like an ordinary message, but it's truly extraordinary. If the gospel is ordinary to you, you're missing something. You're walking right past the ordinary. You didn't dig in. I want to encourage you, dig in. Listen carefully to the Word of God. Allow these words to penetrate your heart and to, to show you hidden spiritual treasure. The gospel is the answer to all your problems. The gospel is truly the answer to our problems, the, the answer to, to every problem. It's in Jesus. Jesus saves. And he saves by taking your place and giving you his own. You know, the, the truth is Jesus also hides spiritual treasure in himself. Jesus hides spiritual treasure in himself. In Isaiah 53 and verse 2, uh, the prophet tells us there's nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He says, Jesus looked ordinary. Jesus just looked ordinary. He came as a, as a common carpenter. He, he didn't come as some powerful person or someone uh, outrageous. He came as, as a normal everyday person. He was utterly ordinary. We have a God who left the spectacular, who left the treasures of heaven and became ordinary. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, it says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. He's given it away. He's given it to you. He's given it to us. He's calling us to take part in this hidden spiritual treasure that's hidden right there in himself. And you know what? He's calling us to do the same, to give it away. To give it away to someone else. You've received mercy, now give mercy. You've received forgiveness, give forgiveness. You've received so much love, give love. Find someone to love. Be on the lookout for someone to love this week. Seek them out and deposit in them. Give to them your very best because that's what God has been given to you. Spiritual treasure, it's always hidden in unexpected places. But the second thing I think we get from this parable of the treasure hidden in the field is when you find real spiritual treasure, every part of your life is revolutionized. Spiritual treasure reality, spiritual reality, it never just remakes you. It never just improves you. It totally transforms you. When you truly find it, things have to change. Life doesn't go on as usual. It doesn't just keep on the way it's been. Things change in your life because you see people for what they really are, image bearers of the Most High. 
those people created in his image to bring glory to his name. People who, who God loves so deeply that he's done all of these things for them. He's done them for you, but he's done them for them too. He loves us all as if there's just one of us, and he calls all of us to himself through the gospel. He wants you to be transformed in your thinking. In Romans 12, we know it well, verse 1, brothers and sisters, I'm pleading with you. Give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. There's the gospel. Because all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to serve him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, which is pleasing, which is perfect. I encourage you to assess the value of the gospel and then live it out, that value. Actually, live it out. Actually do those things that he would do. Actually say the things that he would say. Actually give away that hidden treasure that he's put in your heart. That he's calling to you to give to his other children that they might also know the wonders of his grace. 1 Corinthians six nineteen, the Holy Spirit says, don't you realize? Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And that the Holy Spirit lives in you and it was given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. There's the gospel. He bought you with a high price so you must honor God with your body. The assessment then becomes a new attitude towards everything in life. You notice that he went with joy to sell everything he had. Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, in his joy, he hid it again. He sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Totally changed his perspective about everything he owned. All the things he had, all the things he had acquired, the things he had worked hard for, uh, the, the precious heirlooms that had been left to him by people who were important to him. All those things, they went on the block for the treasure. Everything he had, everything that he thought was so important the day before, the minute before. Maybe the reason he's digging in that field is to be able to keep the things that he has. And we're not just talking about things, are we? When we're speaking about spiritual treasure, we're talking about everything, every relationship, everything that ties us to this world. He put it all on the block to attain that which was more valuable. When you think about it, the reason these two men could make the transfer of material wealth was because they had already made a transfer of emotional wealth. They had already transferred what they were tied to, what really spoke to their heart. They, they, were, they were already ready to give it up for that which was so much more. In Luke 9 and verse 23, Jesus says, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross every day, and follow me. Give it up. Give it up for him. Give it up for that spiritual treasure that's beyond anything you could ever imagine. Give it to him. Holy Spirit, through Paul in Galatians 2.20, he, he, he makes it really clear that, that it's Jesus who lives on the throne of his heart. He makes it really clear that no longer is he going to live for himself, but now he lives for Christ. That Christ has taken the place of all the things that he may have acquired in life and that he's given them for Jesus. 
Jim Elliott, a missionary who gave his life in the mission field, he said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. This is the last thing written into his journal. These are the last words written in his journal that he knew, certainly he knew, would be found before he was killed by those to whom he was trying to preach the gospel. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. If I took you to the beach, I took you to the beach and I told you, listen, I want you to sell, I want to sell you the third wave that comes in today. If I said, come with me to the beach, I'm going to sell you the third wave that comes in, would you take it? (laughs) Certainly not. You'd say, well, why would I buy the third wave? I can't keep it. It's just going to go back out. There's no way I can capture it. It's not going to be mine. You might sell it to me, but it's not really mine, is it? It's just going to go away. It's just going to go, go back out. Life is a wave. And everything you've got your emotional wealth invested in here in this place, in this world, is going to go back out. Everything that you've invested in, everything that you've, you've got your hope in here is going back out. Your career, your children, your wealth, your looks, the romance that you've enjoyed, it's all going out. It's all just, just going out slowly, but it's all going out. You're not taking it with you. There's a deep spiritual treasure in Jesus. And I want to encourage you to recognize uh, that when he did what he did, his death, burial, and resurrection, that that should be your treasure that makes everything else expendable. That you'd be willing to lay it all down, even with joy, to give all that you have to Jesus for the spiritual treasure of eternal life in him. The gospel is truly your greatest treasure. The gospel truly is what is most precious. In fact, 1 Peter 2 and verse 7, he says, To you who believe, he has become precious. The psalmist said, Your love is better than life. Can you say that? Can you say that with the psalmist? Can you say that because of Jesus and what he's done for you? Anyone who is not willing to give Jesus utterly everything has not yet realized that Jesus first gave utterly everything for you. In Hebrews 12 and verse 2, it says that we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne because of the joy awaiting him. Spiritual treasure is always hidden in the ordinary, so keep digging. And if you keep digging, you'll find your life revolutionized. You'll find your life totally transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. A precious, a precious child of the King. A a Christian who influences this world for the Lord and brings more souls into the kingdom. Today, if if you're ready to trade everything you have for Jesus, I want to encourage you to do that. You might be able to, to, uh, to, to make the change right where you're sitting You might need to make sure that at lunch today you explain to those who love you most what's going on in your life and how you're you're making a transfer of your emotional connections from this world to the next and that you're going to make sure you set an example of one who is plugged into Jesus, connected to Jesus, rather than connected to the things of this world. Thanks again for listening. 
If you are in North Alabama, we would love to have you visit and worship with us. Also, if this lesson blessed you today, don't forget to hit the share button and share this message with someone else. Hope you will join us again next week. As we close, here is our prayer for you. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Have a great week.